0: welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Views with your two hosts, two men who would never shove a trophy up their arses. Bread roll and JT. <laughs> Great intro there, Bread Roll.
1: Hello, everyone. We're back again after a, a few weeks of uh, nothingness. Uh, not that we <laughs> want to try in the first week. Um, bit of a, oh, I don't want to throw you under the bus, Bread Roll, but <laughs> you were a bit of a plonker the first week, and it needs to happen. So this was supposed to be about a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? But. What are we looking at this week then? It was my choice rather randomly.
0: It, it was indeed. And yeah, it was a bit of a plonker. We changed our format to the system we used to record, and I forgot to actually record the episode. So we're actually redoing this one. So we're kind of treading old ground between ourselves. But for our lovely listeners out there, this is finally coming to you just a few weeks late. It is Everything Everywhere, All at Once, um which obviously, as JT said, was his choice. It stars Michelle Yeo, Stephen. So, I think you can say, I'm really sorry, I'm going to really butcher some fucking pronunciations going through this one. (laughs) apologies in advance. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in there also. It came out on its wide release on March 25th, 2022. It ran for 139 minutes. It had a budget of 14.3 to 25 million and had a box office of 139.1 million. So it did really, really well. And for those of you who don't know, the reason JT put this one forward is because it won a shitload of awards recently. Exactly that.
1: Other than the fact that won of those awards, I knew nothing about this, but I thought it's getting a lot of um, sort of attention. Let's have a look at this. I mean, prior to the Oscars, um, IGN reported that it was the um, most awarded film of all time. It beat Lord of the Rings Return of the King um, and then it got nominated for 11 Oscars and it won uh, seven of them, I believe, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Michelle Yeoh, uh, best supporting actor, um, best supporting actress, best screenplay, and best film editing. So it did all right. And obviously, we we have pre recorded this for um, obviously, as Bred Rolf said, but it's a strange choice for an Oscar winner, isn't it? It's just a bit out there.
0: It is. I was going to go for the synopsis as usual, but yes. Yeah, so- it's a crazy movie, and to be honest, ahead of time for those listening. Um, it's gonna be a bit of a struggle because I watched this about four weeks ago, around mm. that sort of time when we um first attempted to do the episode. And I struggled with them because it was so much going on in the movie. Um, and I haven't actually watched it since. So after four weeks, I'm probably gonna forget half of what happened, but we'll see what we could do for you. But um, yeah, it is a crazy one that you know, it's a fair play. It won all those awards, and like you, I didn't really know much about it. And the only thing that kind of the penny dropped when you suggested it, it was because on Twitter I'd seen um, some pictures of Michelle Yeoh receiving awards, and also, um, oh God, what's his name? Coming is Kehu Kwan, isn't it? The guy yes, used to play is. short round in Indiana Jones. I'd seen a video of him hugging Harrison Ford, and then I kind to put two and two together, and I thought, oh yeah, that's the movie um, with those guys in it that um, that one that JT put forward. So that's all I knew about it.
1: Yeah, exactly, same as that. Really, he was in neat- the. Was he in the Goonies as well? He was, wasn't he? Yeah, he
0: was. He played Data, I think
1: his name was in that.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's right. Yeah, But, (laughs) yeah, I know. (laughs) We should review it one day. That'd be funny. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's a massive... I mean, surely he would have done other things in between. I'm not really sure, but he sort of disappeared for years and years. And then there he was again in this. But, yeah, I knew nothing about it. And, well, I mean, we'll go through the synopsis, but what a fucking ride this was.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I do believe, Um, I think he did a couple of bits, but I read somewhere, and it was a long time ago, and I'm probably fucking probably thinking of someone else, so apologies, but I swear he went into the kind of behind the scenes, like he did like, because um, he's like a really good martial artist, as we'll talk about in this uh, particular synopsis in a minute, but he used to do like help train choreography and do like sort of stunt work for like fight movies and kung fu movies, and he did a lot of that behind the scenes stuff instead of being on camera, that's what I read a while ago.
1: OK, yeah, that probably makes sense, I imagine he, st- he was still in the industry, but I mean, obviously I don't really follow the, the foreign sort of film, so maybe he was about a little bit, but certainly came to prominence
0: in this one. Absolutely, yeah, so um, should we take a look at the old synopsis then and see what we can do with this after a, a bit of a, a time between watching and trying to talk about it?
1: Yeah, let's do it, Fred, well, I mean, like you say, it has been a few weeks and I've had a few beers today as well,
0: so this could be fun, so um, yeah, stay tuned, peeps. <laughs> All right, let's see what we can do. Here we go. Right. Evelyn Kwan Wang is a middle aged Chinese American immigrant who runs a laundromat with her husband Waymond. Two decades earlier, they eloped to the United States and had a daughter, Joy. In the present day, the laundromat has been audited by the IRS. Waymond is trying to serve Evelyn divorce papers in an attempt to get her attention so they can talk about their marriage. Evelyn's stern and demanding father, referred to as Gong Gong, which is Cantonese for grandfather, is visiting her for the Chinese New Year party, and Joy is dealing with depression and has a strained relationship with her mother, which also includes Evelyn's reluctance to accept Joy's lesbian relationship with her non-Chinese girlfriend, Becky. So there is the uh, the intro to this movie. It's a bit chaotic. JT, what's uh, what do you remember about it?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, looking at my notes here, I mean, I remember it, it opens with, um subtitles doesn't it and I thought this is going to be a little bit difficult here because if it is all in uh, Chinese or I'm assuming it was Chinese this is going to be a difficult one not because I don't like subtitled films I've watched a few recently um, just they are difficult to review but then luckily it does flip back to English but uh, they they keep breaking from Chinese to English in this first bit and it does play out throughout the film but certainly in this opening scene it's weird the way they they flip between the two languages isn't
0: it It really is, yeah, and I thought the same thing when it started. I was like, is this actually a, you know, like, say, foreign language movie, which, again, I don't mind. I just kind of need to be prepared to read a movie instead of, like, sort of, like, watching it normally, if you know what I mean. Um, And I was trying to make notes at the same time. I had a cat on my lap. It was 7 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I was a little bit hungover, and I was trying to watch it. And then when it started switching between Chinese and English, I was like, man, I can't fucking keep up with all this. I'm struggling. But um, the first thing about the actual film itself, other than, obviously, the language area, just how hectic her life was. I mean, it's so full on, isn't it? Um, like she's running around, she's doing all these papers, then she's downstairs in the laundromat, and then she's kind of like mouthing off the customers in like Chinese. Obviously, they can't understand her and shit. And there's just so much going on straight away. And I'm just like, fucking hell, what's what's that this movie actually gonna be about? Because I hadn't read the synopsis. And I was like, I don't know what I'm even watching right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if we thought that bit was a little bit hectic, wait until a little bit later <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And that laundromat's huge, isn't it? But you see some quite cool things. Like say, she's mouthing off to these different customers and mugging them off behind their backs in Chinese and they don't understand what they're on about. There's a guy in there who looks a, bit, a little bit like C6 Steve, the, um, the musician, and then they all get stressed out because old Gong Gong, the, the granddad's arriving, or her dad. And he does turn up, and then the first thing he does is like, I'm fucking hungry, I want some breakfast. And it's like, what the hell is actually going on here?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's just fucking brilliant because he just comes, I think he just comes strolling into like the fucking laundromat and he's just got like his boxer shorts on, his fucking dressing gown. I don't know where he's come from. He said he's like, that he's coming to visit, and it's like, what's he just turned up in his cacks or something? But he's waving <laughs> around this fucking saying he's hungry, and then old um Short Round goes and gets some a bowl of noodles, or Waymond, it is actually Waymond, I'm not doing a, I'm not mispronouncing it, it's still with a W, it sounds like old fucking, uh, what's his name, Tony from Only Pools and Horses. <laughs> yeah, Waymond,
1: yeah, it's weird, isn't it, and we obviously meet um Becky and Joy, and they don't want to admit, obviously, that um Becky's Joy's girlfriend to uh, to old uh, Gong Gong, because he's setting his ways, I guess, and all that, and then Evelyn, Michelle Yeoh's character, she's really harsh, isn't she? She tells Joy she's got to eat healthier and you're getting fat. And then that sort of spins round to the the final scene as well, without giving too much away. I mean, the final scene's a long way away and a lot's gonna happen to then until then. But I thought that's really harsh. Just literally saying to your daughter you're fucking fat, sort
0: it out. Yeah, especially when obviously they're obviously as strange as it was and obviously having trouble. I know uh you know, obviously in Chinese cultures, it might be different to over here and everything. Obviously, over here, the whole kind of like same-sex relationship thing isn't really an issue. Um, no one really cares about it over here because we're happy for it. But I know in some cultures it's still a bit of a kind of a stigma, if you will. And one thing I was thinking with this movie is I thought it's gonna be one of those types of movies? And again, I'm not gonna like go into like politics and agendas and all that sort of shit, but I just wondered if it was going to be one of those movies all about kind of like um, social acceptance and coming of age and all that sort of thing. Because, again, I didn't know anything about this movie. Fortunately, it wasn't because not there's anything wrong with those movies. I'm just not really a big fan of them and they don't really appeal to me in any way, shape or form. But luckily, that wasn't the sort of movie it was going to end up being.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. I mean, I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to. I thought it's just going to go down the woke agenda thing where, you know, that's probably why it won the Oscars, because it was all. PC again inverted commas, not going down the political rabbit hole, but I thought please don't go down that line because it's not needed and luckily it really didn't.
0: No it didn't, it, it went away I wasn't expecting so let's have a look and see what happens next. Um, at a tense meeting with IRS Inspector Deirdre, Wayman's body is taken over by Alpha Wayman, a version of Wayman from the Alphaverse. Alpha Waymond explains to Evelyn that many parallel universes exist because every little choice creates a new alternative universe. The Alphaverse, led by the late Alpha Evelyn, developed verse-jumping technology, which enables people to access the skills, memories and bodies of their parallel selves by performing bizarre actions that are statistically unlikely. The multiverse is threatened by Jobu Tupaki, whose mind was splintered after Alpha Evelyn pushed her to excessiveness uh, through verse-jumping. Joba experiences all universes at once and can verse, jump, and manipulate matter at will. She has created a black hole in the form of an everything bagel, which is topped with everything, which appears as a a toroid singularity that could destroy the multiverse. So, this movie completely switches gear in this fucking section. (laughs) when she goes to like the IRS where we meet Jamie Lee Curtis as well who I think brilliant in this but she's dressed like fucking Mustard Man in this scene isn't she the fucking outfit she's gone (laughs) she's amazing she's got a James May haircut as well oh Um, (laughs)
1: god yeah it sort of comes up after that I mean I was going to say fairly normal opening we said it was a bit fucking weird but compared to the rest of the film it was pretty normal and then it comes up with the, the part one everything and then old Waymond I love the way you, you you went through that synopsis saying Waymond every time, it just got like even more like you were pronouncing it wrong but you weren't. Um, but he starts acting in the lift, doesn't he? He gets out an umbrella and then starts getting all this tech out and then everything goes fucking crazy and then Evelyn gets all these weird memories and looks a bit freaked out and then old uh, Jamie Lee Curtis with a James May haircut appears and then she's got these weird instructions that she needs to do all these things, including pretend to uh, wear her shoes on the wrong feet. And then I was like, "What the hell is going on?" She presses this green button on this like Bluetooth headset she's got. She's got on, everything goes really fucking trippy, and I just started to lose the plot.
0: Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? Because um, like I say he suddenly he's in the elevator, but then he suddenly just his whole personality changes, whips God knows what out of his fucking bum bag or fanny pack if you're American. <laughs> talks all this shit, gives her a list, like you say. Then she sat there, mustard man fucking comes around the corner and she's like, they're obviously in a lot of shit. She's like, you haven't done anything I've told you to do. She's fucking flapping receipts around. Then she turns around and she, she points at one of her trophies and she's got like several of them. And it says like best auditor of the year or whatever, all these subsequent years. So you don't get them unless you're good at your job. And the first thing I thought was, why do those trophies look like fucking butt plugs? And later on we'll find out exactly why they do, spoiler alert. But yeah, suddenly she's, um oh fucking, what's her name, looking at his list, puts her shoes on the other foot, she's got this weird um, bloody Bluetooth headset on, then she's in a cupboard talking the fucking short round, and he's flapping on about all these different universes, and then she's getting bollocked by Jamie Lee Curtis when she looks in the mirror, and I was like, Jesus Christ, what is happening in this movie?
1: It's mental, isn't it? They're in this like janitor's closet, and she's, she's talking, but then it keeps cutting back to um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character talking as well to them normally, and then old alternate Waymond, I guess you want to call him, whatever he is, um, he gets his neck snapped and then then he's back talking to her and he says, you know, I know what's going on. And then Jamie Lee Curtis turns into the, almost like a zombie and starts attacking him. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I don't know what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, because I remember that like, she goes to, like, the they're going to leave, they've been followed, and she's like, all oh, right, you've got 24 hours, or you've got to come out later with the receipts and the documents I wanted, or I'm shutting you down, or some shit like that, and at the elevator, and, like, then Jamie Lee Curtis sort of gets up the, and sort of starts coming towards him, so she punches her, then the security guards attack, and suddenly Waymond takes off his fucking bum bag, eats the fucking chapstick, and goes all fucking Kung Fu Master on him, doesn't he, and it's like, <laughs> bloody hell.
1: That's so strange, isn't it? Like you so say, use this fucking chapstick, and then they have like a comical martial arts fight. I mean, it's really well choreographed, but surely it must be in a bit tongue in cheeks. It's well over the top, and then, <laughs> I don't know. They're in they're in the closet again. There's um, and then it cuts to like there's these guys in there, and they're they're watching them. And I suppose they're in the alphas, and they're watching what's going on. They're all wearing headsets, and then there's some weird fucking memories and. Then there's um, a, a Wayman says he's from the Alphaverse, he tells, I'm assuming, the normal Evelyn what's going on, and he's from the Alphaverse, and she's got all this stuff that the the um, synopsis said, and she can do all this crazy shit, and um, there's a black hole. And then Jamie Lee Curtis's character, she staples a fucking post-it note to her forehead and just starts <laughs> running after them again. <laughs>
0: It's fucking weird, it? I just, I'm looking through my notes here and I'm just wondering, oh, I remember that part of the movie and all that sort of yeah. shit. But yeah, it flicks through these dimensions. And it is very stylish, but it just throws so much at you. But she kind of like clicks, um, almost like she's like clicking her neck or something at one point. And it's like clicking through all these different realities that they're going through. And then obviously we um get to the bit of fucking Jamie Lee Curtis, old mustard Terminator, chasing them down. She just keeps appearing out of nowhere and trying to fucking kill him. Um, and it's just all this like random shit going on but then we get to a bit as well like they're in a corridor and this is where we um kind of move first to be kind of like Jobu Tapaki, who's Joy her daughter or a version of and there's like this fight scene in this corridor where like there's people like they're dressed as fucking dancers they get turned into confetti they've got like jewel-wielding dildos they got the fucking lot going on and I'm just like Jesus Christ and then she like kills a couple of them Um, and then she goes over to fucking a uh, mum and everything And sort of says, Oh, I've made this bagel and everything. And then she just goes, Everything will be sucked into a bagel. (laughs) (laughs) A fucking Disney movie.
1: (laughs) Just, yeah, like you say, she's in the corridor and she appears and she's like dressed as Elvis, isn't she? Almost in like this crazy fucking Las Vegas costume with flares and stuff. She's got a pig on the lead. And then she turns this cop into glitter. And then her head spins around like an owl, like a one eighty degree. And then she smokes another cop. She sort of pu- pulls his gun, doesn't she, and smokes it. And then turns everything to dancers. And then eats some tomato sauce. And then kills another guy with these fucking dildos. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking. Am I tripping here? Or am I actually watching this film? Because I don't know what is going on right now.
0: Is fucking sketchy. There's a bit as well, when they go in between realities, there's like a land where everyone's got hot dogs for fingers or something, or sausages, don't they? They've got these big fucking long cock fingers and everything, and there's like a fucking TV show and these dangly fingers everywhere, and it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, fucking <laughs> hell. I'll give, I'll give him an A for fucking creativity, if nothing else.
1: Uh, I don't know what they're on when they wrote this film, but fair play to them. Yeah, the, the whole fucking hot dog for fingers thing is just strange, isn't it? They're like Jamie Lee Curtis and Evelyn, they're like, yeah, everyone's got a hot dog. They actually say everyone's got hot dogs with fingers, and their fingers are flapping about like you say. Well, they are hot dogs, I guess. But yeah, it's fucking mental. And old um Joy, she's then dressed as a golfer, and she? she's got like a Pringle sweater on, everything. She's swinging swing <laughs> a golf club about, and then. Evelyn fucking pisses herself, I believe, doesn't she? Or someone does, only in my notes yeah, here. Yeah, I think
0: she does, actually, yeah.
1: And then that's when she goes on about, she opens Evelyn's mind up and tells us she's got everything on a bagel. I'm uh, like, OK, right, I've, I've totally lost it now.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's just fucking weird. And going back to the fucking... I've had time to reflect on this. Going back to the fucking hot dog finger thing that's going on, it's like in the synopsis it said, every choice that you make creates a new reality what fucking choice would you have to make in your life to end up with hot dogs for fingers, let alone an entire fucking land where everyone has hot dogs for fingers? Like, what decision is that? Because I don't ever want to make that decision in my life. Oh,
1: absolutely not. I mean, I enjoy hot dogs, but I wouldn't want them as my fingers. For a start, it would be impractical, and also I'd probably want to eat them. So, yeah, I mean, well, I assume you'd have to be completely off your tits to make that kind of decision, like the people who wrote (laughs) this film, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there you go. That's a decision made right there, isn't it? <laughs> so um, moving on. Evelyn is given verse jumping technology to fight Jobu's minions who converge on the IRS building. She discovers other universes in which she made different choices and flourished, such as becoming a Kung Fu master and a film star. She also learns of Wayman's plans to divorce and the divorce papers. Alpha Waymond believes that Evelyn, as the greatest failure of all the Evelyns in the multiverse, has the untapped potential to defeat Jobu. Gongong Gong is taken over by Alpha Gongong, Gong, who instructs Evelyn to kill Joy to stop Jobu from using her to enter <laughs> Evelyn's universe. Evelyn refuses and decides to face Jobu by gaining powers through repeated burst jumping. Alpha Gongong, Gong, convinced that Evelyn's mind has been compromised by Jobu's, uh, sends soldiers after Evelyn. Evelyn un-, un- Controllably, Verse jumps alongside Jobu across bizarre and diverse universes. Jobu reveals that she does not want to fight at all, but that instead she has been searching for an Evelyn who can see, as she does, that nothing matters, while killing the Evelyns that do not agree with her. She brings Evelyn to the Everything Bagel, explaining that she wants to use it to allow herself and Evelyn to truly die. Upon looking into the bagel, Evelyn is initially persuaded and acts cruelly in her other universes, hurting all those around her. Apologies there, I struggled to get through that, but there we go, there is another section of this fucking weird movie.
1: <laughs> I know fair play, Bredwell, for getting through that, because I struggled just reading it along with you. Um, I mean, the synopsis is pretty much as fucked up as the film, isn't it? I mean, we've got Alpha Gong Gong now, is in, like, a wheelchair, and he's all being fucking weird. He's got his headset on and doing weird shit. And then, I don't know, like, is it is it fucking the normal Waymans? He lets normal Joy into this room that, I don't know, like dressing the golf gear and then Evelyn tapes her to a chair and Evelyn tries to explain what's going on to her about the Verse and everything and then Alpha Gong Gong says Evelyn's got to kill Joy and he gets his box cutter out fucking Gus Fring style and then she just cuts the tape and points to a gun and then well, no, he he gets a gun out and tries to fucking kill them all. I don't know i'm I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm as confused as I was when I watched this film,
0: Yeah, there's so much goes on. that is the issue I think I had with this movie. It's just it throws so much at you like in such fast succession and jumps all over the place. I mean, it's stylish. Don't get me wrong, like visually, this film's really impressive, and the way they kind of jump between all these universes and they're always in different outfits, I fucking knows how they filmed it, like the costume department must have been working overtime for this fucking film, but it just jump all over the place. But in between, we have some fucking amazing fight scenes. Arguably one of the funniest fight scenes I've ever seen in my life is where there's guys attacking her because they need to kind of do unconventional things. He starts trying to put one of Jamie Lee Curtis's fucking trophies up his ass. He pulls his fucking trousers down and he's like trying to like bum rush on the fucking counter and she's moving it away and his ass is coming down and then this dude with no trousers on dives over the fucking partitions and it's like ass rams this fucking trophy up his ass. and Suddenly she's fighting both of them, and then they both fucking have a trophy up their ass. They do like a double flying kick and she dodges but grabs both trophies, pulls them out of their ass, and they both pass out. I'm like, what amazing. the fuck? Who wrote this to even choreograph it?
1: It's amazing, isn't it? And obviously he's um he's just got his shirt on and um his um particulars are a sort of <laughs> pixeled out, I guess. But he's fighting and everything, and it's just what the hell is going on? And we get this cool scene where um Like she batters everyone. There's like this guy, and he's got like a a shield that you had in COD when you could only have the shield, one of the weapons you had. And she just fucking batters everyone. And then the big nosed woman I mean, that's what she calls her. I'm not being like horrible to this woman. She called her that in the um, opening scene when she was talking to Chinese people. She turns up and she's got this fucking little dog. I don't know what it is, like a fucking chihuahua or something, or Pekingese. And she's got it on this lead, and then she just starts fucking flinging it around her head, doesn't she, on this lead, <laughs> lassoing it, and then launches it across the fucking screen. And I mean, I don't condone animal violence, but that bit is fucking
0: funny and just ridiculous. Yeah, I was laughing at that, but again, I don't condone animal cruelty or anything, but the way it just it just comes out of nowhere, and you're just not expecting any of this stuff. you have just seen these guys shoving trophies up their ass. But like not say, she's just done this big breakdance battle with a fucking riot shield, and now there's a woman swinging a fucking Pomeranian around like it's a fucking fucking lasso or something like that. And it's like, fucking hell, what's going on? But it's brilliant. Like, when you're watching it, I was enjoying it, and I was laughing, but I was like, I have no idea what's going on, and it keeps jumping between realms or universes and all this sort of fucking weird shit. There's one bit where they're all jump, well, her and Joby were jumping through bloody universes, and they end up just becoming like a pair of fucking rocks, don't they? And they're sat on a fucking cliff, and then there's no talking. It's just text coming up, and then the rocks are shuffling around, and fucking hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that scene is on for quite a while, doesn't it? Like, there's literally no sound. It's just the text of the rocks talking to each other. <laughs> I mean, we get... Um, Joy turns up as well in this whole section. I mean, there's so much going on. We could go on forever. She turns up with this fucking huge, great big gun. I think she's wearing like a black outfit. And then Evelyn just seems to I don't know, just fracture, she projectile vomits everywhere and then seems to die and then it just comes up at the end and it's like okay. And then even fake titles start rolling don't they? And then it cuts to Evelyn in another universe and another Alphaverse version of her in the cinema kind of watching what just happens and it's just like mental and um, Kirsty watched this and I said to her you need to fucking watch this after just after I'd seen it as I was like, We're doing this for the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, when um when we first tried to record this, and she texted me after about an hour and a half, she went, "It's finished." I was like, "No, it definitely hasn't." She went, "It's just come at the end." I was like, "No, that's definitely not the end. Keep watching. There is a lot more to this film."
0: Yeah, because that is. I mean, it is a long old movie as well, isn't it? I mean, again, I didn't look at the running time. I kind of knew it had to be a false ending because so far nothing's made sense, um, mm. not a lot really makes sense by the time it gets to the end to be perfectly honest with you but at this point I was like, that's got to be a false ending but it's a really convincing one because like you say it kind of goes out the credits roll and it actually runs for like a moment or two and you're like mm. oh shit is that the end? And then like we say we cut to a universe where she's a movie star and she's just at the premiere of one of her own movies and everyone's clapping and this is when it starts jumping across and we see like all the different universes where she's kind of met Waymond and as I said there, you know, sometimes she's a Kung Fu master. There's a bit, I fucking remembered, there's a bit where she's a fucking chef. And there's yeah. this like chefs behind her that she doesn't like. Um, and he's got like, obviously the proper big top hat on and everything. And apparently he's really talented. Then she cuts to another one where she comes into his kitchen and it's like fucking Ratatouille. He's got a fucking raccoon on his head, and not It's like raccoonity or something. And he's pulling the guy's hair and making him fucking cook dinner. And then he's like, ah, she's found us. We have to kill her. And then he gets the bloke to pick up two knives and it's the fucking raccoon riding this bloke trying to fucking chop her up.
1: Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And then we get the hot dog fingers scene again, I think, in this point. But, yeah, the whole raccoon thing's hilarious. And it does keep popping up now towards the end as well, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, every now and then he just fucking appears out of nowhere. And then there's a bit where the, she ends up in the laundrette and she's watching a TV, obviously in hot dog Fingerland, And the dancers are like eating each other's fingers. And there's like fucking mustard and <laughs> sauce spewing out of them. And I'm like, what's so fucking going on? People just eat each other's fingers. Do they grow back? I don't know. Who <laughs> you knows? It's just, I don't know. There's
1: never a word. It's just batshit crazy, this film.
0: It fucking is. It really is. (laughs) Um, So the last bit, uh, or the last section, shall I say, is um, as Evelyn is about to enter the bagel with Jobu, she pauses to listen to Wayman's pleas in her universe for everything to stop fighting and to instead be kind, even when life does not make sense. Evelyn has an epiphany and decides to follow Wayman's advice using her multiverse powers to fight with empathy and brings happiness to those around her. In doing so, she repairs her damage in the other universes and neutralizes Alpha Gong Gong and Jobu's fighters. In her home universe, Evelyn reconciles with Waymond, accepts Joy and Becky's relationship, and tells Gong Gong of it, and talks with Deirdre after Waymond convinces Deirdre to let them redo their taxes. Jobu decides to enter the bagel alone, while simultaneously in Evelyn's universe, Joy beg- begs Evelyn to let her go. Evelyn tells Joy that even when nothing makes sense, and even though she could be the bagel, um, and Evelyn and Joy embrace. Sometime later, with the uh, family's relationship improved, they return to the IRS building to refile their taxes. As Deirdre talks, Evelyn's attention is momentarily drawn in her alterna- al- alternative self before she grounds herself back in her home universe. Completely fucked that up, but I'm really sorry. That is a lot to fucking get through. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, Brad I mean, like I say, you, you've done really well with the synopsis. I mean, where do we even go from here? I mean, there's just some crazy fight scenes in there towards the end. I mean, it's so well done. But the whole way through this film, I was just thinking, what am I watching? What is going on? But I was drawn into it without giving too much away as I give my final scores in a minute. But it just keeps you fucking going, doesn't it? Even though you have no idea
0: what's actually happening in front of you. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, one, you sort of watch it, and you're like, what the fuck, and then something will kind of click, like a penny will drop. There'll be a certain scene or like a certain bit of dialogue, and you're like, okay, okay, I think I've got it, I think I've got it, and then it will just fuck with your mind again, and then another bit, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's kind of like eating like a uh, fucking all you can eat restaurants. so like, well, that bit was quite nice. What the fuck's this? It looks horrible. Hang on, this bit's quite good again. I think that's a meal. It's just fucking all over the place, but there is some good stuff going on again visually. And creatively, the fight sequences are amazing. And there's a bit where she's like running upstairs, and it's kind of like everyone she touches it's going in slow motion. Um, she kind of sees what she's done wrong or what's happened to them in their universe. So she kind of tries to correct it. And the one I remember most is like this guy, just as like average Joe, he works like a library. But like she touches him, and then she sees that he's into like fucking kinky dominatrix stuff. So she bends him over and slaps his ass. At the same time, you see him in his own universe being kind of like whipped by a dominatrix, and he's like, Oh, and then suddenly he's happy, he's Larry, and doesn't stop and stops fighting. And I'm like, "Fuck You know,
1: it's really weird, isn't it? And then there's a bit where she gets those googly eye things like you get on teddy bears or like toys or whatever, and she starts firing them at everything, doesn't she? And they all get them stuck on them. And then it cuts to those two rocks that we talked about earlier, where there's just the text going up and one of them's got the googly eyes on and they just starts walking. And the other one goes, why are you walking? You're a rock, you can't walk. Obviously it comes up in text. And it just sort of falls off the edge to of the cliff. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's,
0: it's, like, uh, it's, it's really hard to fucking do it justice. I mean, this movie is batshit. I mean, as you've said earlier, and quite rightfully so, it's hard to kind of like do it justice without, making someone sort of sit down and watch it but fucking, know it is crazy but eventually obviously she does kind of reconcile with um jobu doesn't she and at one point and they end up mm. being piñatas and they're just dangling from a tree and stuff and it's yeah. sort of swearing away So they've been rocks, and now they're like fucking piñatas it's like yeah we can just hang here all day that's fine but it's just going like a thousand miles an hour then it just suddenly stops and just does something random and i don't know if that's for the audience's benefit but i was glad of it because i was trying to watch it understand what language it was going on at the time, and write notes, and I was all over the place.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I mean, yeah, I was struggling to write notes at the time I watched it, and now three or four weeks later I'm like looking at it thinking, what the hell was I even writing? Um, I mean, yeah, it, it cuts between obviously the alternate universes, and then it cuts back to the laundromat a couple of times, and old Jamie Lee Curtis comes in and she says she's going to give them a bit more time and everything seems to be normal, then it cuts back to another fucking alpha verse, and everything's kicking off. Then it cuts back again, and she's reconciling with joy, and everything seems to be okay. And it's just, it's just a constant headfuck.
0: Yeah, I think as well. One thing, even though like I was drawn to it, and I was watching, I was I was hooked as best as I could be anyway of everything that was going on. This whole end sequence went on for a long time. It's quite a long mm. film anyway, but this whole sequence is. Easily a good twenty-five, maybe thirty minutes, I'd say. um It's so obviously just whole one long sequence, and it's just fucking. I like, man, I, I don't even know where this is going. Let alone if it's going to ever fucking end it, at this point in time.
1: Yeah, it does seem to be really, really drawn out. And yeah, there were points of it where I was thinking, is this ever going to end? What, what am I actually watching? Oh, it's going to end now. I oh, know it's not, because obviously we got the false ending, that was after about an hour and a half, and I had seen that this was well over two hours, so I knew that wasn't proper ending, but then the last sort of 20 or so minutes where it, it cuts back to a launch amount, everything seems normal, then we get a few more fights, and it cuts back again, I'm like, fuck me, she's so just jumping backwards and forwards, and I wouldn't say I wanted it to end, but I was thinking, is this ever going to fucking end?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's obviously this is where they're, they're trying to put like the message of the movie in there, you know, like even when bad things happen or things don't go right, there's always something good that can be found from it. I assume that's what it's trying to put across because I it cuts back to old fucking hot dog land, doesn't it? Where old um, <laughs> Evelyn's in a relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis, old Deirdre, and they got their fucking sausage fingers or hot dog fingers flapping around. But then they're like, oh, but, you know, we got really good with our toes. And she's like, stroking her face with her toes and then she's playing the fucking piano with them and everything and they're really weird looking toes if i remember correctly they're kind of like really long and thin but i don't know if that's supposed to be an evolutionary thing or it just looked odd on a tv but yeah she's playing the piano with them one way or the other
1: so they're definitely not long and thin bread roll they're short and stubby and it's the hot dog fingers that are long and thin oh there you the go that shows how much I remember <laughs> the toes are like little hobbit feet they're really fucking weird I don't know but I mean this whole film's fucking weird anyway but yeah maybe the fingers that evolved into hot dogs and the toes are trunk. I don't know I don't think you're supposed <laughs> to think that much into it but fuck knows what was going on there
0: it is fucking strange anyway but then obviously they kind of reconcile and they go back to the, the old IRS building at the end and all that sort of stuff. And it is kind of a happy ending from what I remember. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just weird. <laughs> I don't know what else <laughs> to say, really. The
1: end's really abrupt, though, isn't it? Because, like I say, they go back to the IRS building and um, Jamie Lee Curtis is normal now and she hasn't got hot dogs for fingers and everything it seems to be fairly normal. But she's talking and Evelyn kind of trips out and you, she has a kind of weird moment again, almost goes back into the alphabet, I guess. And Jamie Lee Curtis is speech if I remember rightly becomes really muffled like bloody cod when they throw a flashbang. you can't hear what's going on and then she comes back and she's like did you hear what I said and Evan's like um no not really and then it just sort of ends I'm like okay I mean the whole film's strange but the ending's definitely strange as well
0: yeah yeah it certainly is so um speaking of endings that pretty much concludes our look at the uh, synopsis for this one now thanks for bearing with us hopefully you're all still with us out there but um the only thing left to do now is to give this one some scores and it'd be interesting for me if nothing else JT just to see if yours has changed after having a few weeks to reflect and as I say we, yeah. we did record this once before um, so yeah take it away JT.
1: Okay yeah I will do I mean I wanted to watch this again in between when we first tried to do this and then tonight two or three weeks has probably passed um, I haven't had a chance so I'm coming back to what I originally thought so what what I originally thought kind of stands, so I'm, I'm not really sure where to start, to be honest. I mean, what did we fucking watch? I mean, you said there when we were going through the first part of the synopsis, it was a bit fucked up at first. But I mean, that seemed fairly normal to what I see fucking continues, because it just descends into chaos after that first 10 minutes, and I had no idea what I was watching and there's parts of it where it does start to seem like it's going to make sense but then it just goes fucking skew-whiff again I had no idea what was going on. Um, I will say the cast were all excellent um, I can't fault any of them I mean they won multiple Oscars and you can see why and there are some generally laugh out loud moments aren't there I mean the hot dog fingers we've touched on a few times the fucking dildos were amazing when old Joy gets um the double jewel wielding dildos. We had the butt plug bits, <laughs> um, and so many action scenes are, are really, really well shot. I mean, the the kung fu. I mean, I'm not a, a kung fu or martial arts fan, but they are so well shot. um But I will say, it's a weird one for an Oscar, isn't it? I mean, fair play, it won all those Oscars, but it's so fucking far out. And I do think I need to watch it again. And I, I like, I say, if I had the time, I would have done because. I probably will squeeze it in at some point because it does need to be watched again. It's just, there's so much going on. But overall, I did really enjoy it. I mean, it does run really long now, a point where I thought this probably needs to end now, but then it just hooks you in again with another bit and you're like, okay, you get back into it. Um, so overall, when we first did this, I gave it three others. Obviously, no one heard that. And I'm sticking by three other score because it is... Really, really good, but it's just so fucking weird, and I do need to watch it again. Um, but yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's it's original. I can't fault that. I mean, uh, originality, hundred percent. So yeah, I'm going to give it three others. Bread roll. Um, it is a really, really good film. If not very, very strange.
0: What about yourself? Oh, good stuff, JT. Um, yeah, it's strange, and like yourself, I was thinking. I need to I need to try and watch this again because I was struggling to recall parts of the movie based on my notes and the synopsis and the fact that it's been a good few weeks um, and stuff. But yeah, it is a movie that I think does need to be seen twice at least to really understand it. But I couldn't find the time either. Uh, that being said, um, this movie, yeah, it took a while to click for me uh, when I was watching it. I'm not going to lie. It, it took a long time. Well, until it kind of got to the IRS building, all the crazy shit started going off. It didn't really have my interest at that point. I was just kind of watching it, trying to figure out what was going on. And even by the end of it, I didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. Um, and like yourself, I'm not a fan of martial arts movies or the kung fu kind of thing. But these fight scenes were so brilliantly creative and ridiculous that uh, it doesn't matter. Like anyone could watch this and probably have fun, if nothing else, just watching these fight scenes because they are just fantastic and they make no sense. They're batshit crazy. They're fucking brilliant. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it in cinema before. Um, yeah, all the actors were really good. Uh, fantastic. Um, all the way through, you know, Joy was really good as Jobu. Obviously, uh, the person who played Joy, he also played Jobu Topaki. She was a great villain, even though I didn't quite understand the motives of the plot. The way she held the screen and all the stuff she did was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Michelle Yeoh was great. Obviously, Short Round was good in it. Jamie Lee Curtis was brilliant as the fucking... I don't know, Mustard May, Terminator, whatever the hell she was supposed to be, but she was absolutely brilliant in it. Um, Yeah, it was tricky to keep up with and make concise notes of because it is just such a hectic movie. Like, it's hard to do it justice. There's just so much going on. And even though the movie's really long, it still feels like they were just trying to cram so much together. Like, I don't know if this movie is supposed to be, like, fucking five hours long at one point or was supposed to be a series. I really have no idea, but... It is strange that it did win so many awards, but at the same time, I'm glad it did because it's something completely different. I had no idea what to expect going into it. Still don't really know what it's about, but I would definitely, definitely watch it again, and I do intend to. I just don't know when I'm going to be in the right headspace to sit down and actually get through it again, but I do. I will definitely watch it again. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, I gave it three others originally, and I'm going to stick with that. Like yourself, I'm going to say it's definitely deserving of three others. Right down the middle, um, because I think I need to see it again to really understand what the movie is. I mean, it might go up, it might go down after I've watched it two or three more times. Who knows? But for now, it's getting three others from me, JT. Oh, good stuff, Fred. Well,
1: yeah, I think personally it may well go up if I watch it again. But as you said there perfectly, there's so much going on. It was impossible to make notes because every time I looked down to type, I looked up and something else was going on. When I, I missed the whole fucking butt plug thing, I didn't, get why they had the butt plugs up their arse so I had to rewind that bit because if you blink you miss it basically in this film, there's no time to fucking
0: stop is there No there's not and I can't I mean I watched it, I mean I'm not being a snob or anything but obviously like most of us these days who like movies I've got quite, quite a big TV, you've got the soundbar and stuff but if I'd have seen this in a cinema it probably would have been almost overwhelming I think, it would have been like a full on assault on the senses in places so I'm kind of glad I didn't see it in the cinema but at the same time kind of wish I did in a way
1: yeah no you mean I mean I, I'm not a big fan of going to the cinema because i get restless really easily and my ass gets sore after about five minutes in the cinema but yeah I think I probably would have been all right watching this one because there's just so much going on you haven't got time to think so yeah I probably would have got away with it but fuck me yeah just
0: I don't know there's
1: no words is there really
0: there's not no but um that is what we've given this one so um yeah if you're still with us, thank you very much. Um, let us know what you think of this movie. If you've seen the movie, of course, let us know your thoughts on it, because we'd love to hear them to see if they're as skewed as ours. Um, but also, let us know what you think of the way we've rated this movie. Do you think we gave did justice to it? Um, yeah, get in touch at the Hyperbaric goats on Twitter, where you can always find us. And join us next week is um, I'm allowed to select next week's movie. And I've gone through our list a couple of times and tried to find something. But I think after this, we need something that's a little bit calmer. Um, to a degree so I've chosen a movie that we haven't ever really discussed much at length and it is a bit of a controversial one in that kind of fandom so to speak Um, and it's been on our list to do for a while and it is kind of standalone but part of a saga at the same time but I'm just going to pull it out of the hat and say let's take a look at Solo uh, which is obviously the Star Wars spin-off of young Han Solo because I haven't seen it in bloody ages and it's available on Disney Plus
1: Oh, good stuff, Brad. Well, yeah, I've only seen it the once, and I thought I was going to hate it. And when I watched it the first time, I didn't. Without giving too much away, um, yeah, I've I've meant to go back to this multiple times. So yeah, be a good excuse to go back to it now.
0: Yeah, good stuff. So yeah, we will be bringing that to you next week, hopefully. If I don't cock up the recording, or if life <laughs> doesn't get in the way as usual, we we've managed our Only Fools and Horses podcast. Shameless plug, but it's available if you search us. Um, on any of your local or favourite podcast places, only Goats and Horses, or if you find us on Twitter, because I'm sure you're all following us anyway, you can link to it to that one, but we've managed to keep that one going for the last few weeks in a row, so hopefully we're back on track with this one as well. Yeah,
1: fingers crossed, yeah, I mean, obviously we had a bit of a faux pas with the recording and then Easter kind of got in the way as well, where we we thought we were going to record and then we ate too much chocolate and drank too much beer, probably, and forgot, (laughs) so, but yeah, hopefully we'll be back weekly now, but... This is the GOAT, so probably not. But, you know, we'll try our best.
0: Absolutely, yes. And as always, if there's any movies out there that you'd like us to take a look at, um, drop us a message again on the Hyperbaric GOATs at Twitter. Uh, the movies that come through from you guys, if they're readily available, we always try and get them towards the top of the list and get them out as best as possible. So, um, yeah, let's know if you think there's anything out there we should take a crack at. We'd love to hear it and get some new options because we're open to doing pretty much anything. We did this, so there's proof.
1: <laughs> yeah indeed i mean we have got a list which we've had for a while now and we do pull the odd one from it here and there but then new things pop up and yeah suggestions definitely there's a few on there that have been suggested and one of which i really really want to do but it's disappeared from um all the free streaming sites so um hopefully it'll reappear because i really want to do that it's um i won't say what it is but it's been on our list and it was suggested but i do look every week um so we, we do look at the suggestions you give us
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as always, thank you very much for joining us. And this is Bread Rolls signing off.
1: Now for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. You are not unlovable. There's always something to love, even in a stupid, stupid universe where we have hot dogs for fingers, we get very good with our feet.